Inspiring Biblical Families, Turning Hearts Podcast with your hosts, Ryan Phillips and Dennis Aldi. Welcome, everybody, to Turning Hearts Podcast. Ryan Phillips, Dennis Aldi. How you doing, Dennis? I'm doing great. It's, uh, still, on, still on our Zoom. Yeah. Zoom pod here. So uh, that's right. Things are going good over here, and I imagine you guys are doing all well over there. Yep. Missouri's still in there. Yep. Crazy times we're living in. Boy, is it. No doubt. <laughs> so uh, today I just want to uh, kind of hit two questions um, that I've got recently and uh, surrounding this this pandemic and the regulations and um, it's coming to a point where Christians are starting to have to respond in one way or another um, because it hits us when we go to the store. It hits us when we go to our job, it's everywhere. Um, We're we're being confronted with it. And so um, the two that I want to hit really are uh, a little bit more on the extreme side, but um, is it biblical for um, a godly man to defend his family with, you know, to go arm up, have guns in the house, yeah. um, you know, make it known in some sort of fashion that you step through my door, you're going to meet my, my sod off. <laughs> or uh, is that biblical? Uh, is there any kind of biblical precedence, precedence for that? Yeah. And, um, hmm. you know, where, where should we stand when it comes to, uh, protecting our family. I, I mean, it's kind of a given, but sure. When, when we're talking about a Christian response um, or a biblical response, is there anywhere in the Bible that really states that doesn't state it? Yeah. Uh, are we are we in danger of of um, being sinful? I should say, is it a sinful choice to take up arms? I hope I'm, I'm making this question clear enough. <laughs> this is an exciting one to answer. I'm, I'm going to just make a couple of uh, comments, maybe before we answer them or, or, or answer that. Um, I think it's a gift from the Lord that we're having to answer these questions. Yeah. Uh, really. The fact when you started out there, you said, you know, we're kind of having to answer some questions. And uh, I'll be honest, our group here at the church that I am a part of and and lead and such, uh, we're we're fixing to start some meetings and it's just answer the hard question meetings uh, because there are questions out there and two of them we're going to try to answer today uh, to some degree that we have never wanted to answer. We're not sure we could have the answer. And if no matter what our answer is, would it be right or wrong are going to be really hard to discern. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but it is phenomenal. It is a gift from the Lord that the Lord is saying to the church, uh, answer these questions. You need Mm -hmm. to know your answer. So, uh, so, so I'll start my answer out with the fact that if the Lord's saying we need to know our answer, I think it points to something that I've been saying about the church for about 10 years. And I, I want to be sure that people know I'm part of that church. So when I say this, I'm saying this to Dennis Aldi, not just 
those people in other churches. Always preaching to the choir here. No, I'm, I'm preaching to Dennis Aldi, his family, the church he's a part of, and, and other churches. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to say, I don't remember how long ago it was, but the Lord, um, I was praying and just, and just really thinking about the whole reality of where the body of Christ is, where the church is. And I realized, I, actually, this came about maybe maybe six, eight years ago when ISIS or whatever, ISIS, whatever you want to call them, was this just great terror group. And we were just shocked at what they were doing. But the more shocking thing to me was the fact that Americans were leaving America and going and joining this terrorist group. And I was like, Lord, why would someone who's walked in freedom, someone who has the freedom to make choices to uh, have responsibility for their life. Why would they leave it and go to a dictator type regime purpose where someone tells them what they're to do every day? It's very disciplined, but tells them what to do. And not only that requires of them to do really, really tough things, terrorist type things. And, And I felt like the Lord said, oh, it's real simple that group believes something. And I thought, wait a minute. He's, I think the Lord's on to something, you know, obviously he's always got the answer, but, (laughs) and the Lord said, and the body of Christ doesn't believe anything. So no one wants to join it. Okay. People were created and, 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 and not this in our purpose, but we were created to believe in something. So if you're an atheist, you believe it. You know what I mean? If you're a believer in Christ Jesus as the Lord and Savior of the earth, be convicted of it. And and the verse the Lord gave me, it was in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm going to say it's verse 5. It could be 4. But it was, we delighted not only in, in giving you the gospel, but we did it indeed with power and signs and wonders. And we were fully convinced of it. And I think a part of the reason the Lord is demanding we answer these questions is he's saying, okay, I love the church. I love my people, my sons and daughters. You're awesome. I love you. But you don't believe. You don't stand for anything. So make a choice. Yeah. And, 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 And we're seeing a great division within our own body of Christ. The Bible talks about that happening. So the first thing I would say to answer the question is each father, husband, wife, each family needs to become fully convinced of what they believe on the answers. And and I'm not going to say that one, depending on the season, I think you could have either one of the answers be probably accurate. And the, the difficulty is, is we, the body of Christ, probably don't love to take the time to discern what the Lord's doing and saying. We'd rather just go with the flow, pick the more popular opinion, what feels good to my human nature. All these things are how we're embracing our answers. We're letting media, and we've already did a podcast on where do you get your answers from. Yeah. and all that. So so I just mentioned that again, and then I'll get to yeah. the 
the, the actual idea of uh, is specifically guns and protecting my family. Um, so I so I can think of a biblical precedent for having guns and protecting your family. Uh, it's in the Old Testament. I'll, I'll turn to it here and read you some of it. Um, yeah, let me let me do that first. Um, so the 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 verses that come to my mind is in the story of Nehemiah. Now Nehemiah and Ezra are two books in the Bible. They go together. Uh, also, it's um, uh, it's it's right after Daniel, and, and and I'm talking about chronologically. So I'll give you the history of what's going on. So uh, the nation of Israel is at its greatest point under King David. Uh, due to uh, sins that King David chose, there was that there are going to be consequences. God loves him, but there's consequences for that sin. Uh, a kingdom will be divided. Solomon comes and it even grows in wealth and all of this. But after Solomon, the nation of Israel goes into two nations. There's Judah, which are the southern nations, and there's Israel, which are the northern ten tribes. And that's kind of the way the Bible, ten tribes and two tribes, although there's actually kind of like three tribes in the south. But Jerusalem was in the southern tribe, Judah, and, and Israel from that point on never has another godly king. And because of their sin, the Lord says, you're going to go into captivity. So the Lord comes and the nation of Israel is taken captive. Well, then he says to Judah, now that Judah every, and I, I won't say when, but it's like every eighth king was a godly king that loved the Lord, that turned the nation back to God. But because of their sin, and, and really their sin became that they saw what the Lord did with Israel for disobedience to God's ways, and they didn't turn. And so the Lord said, it's going to be worse for you, Judah, than it was for Israel, because you saw what I did and didn't turn. Yeah. So that, that's the storyline. So now Judah's in captivity but Jeremiah, the prophet, says 70 years after captivity, you're going to get to come home. The temple in Jerusalem was Solomon's temple was destroyed, all of these things. But you're going to go, get to go home and rebuild that temple and, and become a nation in your own land again. So 70 years later, Daniel recognized it. He prays this prayer. Then uh, um, Cyrus, I kept thinking, what's his name? What's his name? Cyrus. <laughs> An ungodly king was prophesied by Isaiah that he would pay for and bless the people to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple and begin worship again and, and sacrifices and all of that. And, and it comes to pass. Cyrus is like, hey, we need to send these people back home and let them rebuild their temple. And so, and he doesn't submit to the Lord, nothing. So it's, how God uses people. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, so they go home and they start rebuilding the temple, this first group of people. So we're in this story of Nehemiah and all the neighboring cities are like, hey, we don't want Israel to be a nation. We, we're, we hate Israel. Uh, we got to fight against them. So that's kind of where we're going to pick up. Nehemiah okay. chapter four, they're there building the wall around the city. <clears throat> And, and so if you'll read Nehemiah 1, 2, 3, it's just like ridiculously hard because every day they go out to build a wall, uh, a nation comes and tries to harm them. Mm 
kill them, stop them. And so I'm just randomly going to look at some verses here I pulled up. Okay. And, and read a few of them to you as kind of a, a, is it biblical? Because I think it's interesting you said biblical versus, you know, uh, within laws yeah. of our nation. Um, let me see. Uh, verse six in chapter four of Nehemiah. So he built the wall and the whole wall was joined together to half its height for the people had a mind to work. So they're building the wall and they got the whole wall halfway built. Right. Sounds exciting. Um, <clears throat> now it came about, let's see, that different countries, and I'm not going to name those countries, heard that the repair of the walls in Jerusalem was going on so, and that there were breaches began to be closed up and those nations became very angry. And all of those nations conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. Okay, so, but we prayed to our God and because of them, we set up guard against them day of night to rebuild the wall. And I'm skipping just a few sentences in these verses. And our enemies said, they will not know or see until we come among them, kill them and put them stop. So here's the thing. The nation and, and each family had a house on that wall and they were there. Their family was to rebuild their portion of the wall. It gets about halfway, but it still got breaches in it. The other nations are like, oh, no, they're going to finish that wall and we won't be able to get in and control them. We better go in and attack them. They get angry. They come and they start to war against them. And, and I skip a verse or two and it says, then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, the exposed places. And I stationed the people and families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I saw their fear, and he's talking about God's people, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people and said, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan. Then all of us returned to the wall, each one to his work. So the enemy came, they were afraid, but they took the families, which I think includes mom and dad and children, and they, they gave them bows and arrows. They didn't have guns in that day. And they gave them swords and spears to protect their family and their wall and their mm -hmm. property. And, and this is the word of the Lord to the people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's an exact case of what we're talking about. Right. And, and then it, I'll just read, pick out a couple of more verses. Cause I think it's interesting. It came about from that day on that half of my servants uh, carried on the work of the wall while half of them held spears and shields and bows and breastplates and, and then it goes on and they were rebuilt. And those who were rebuilding the wall, those who carried the burdens, took their load with one hand doing the work and the other holding a weapon. <laughs> so literally we get this picture and it's same thing over in Ezra because it's just the same story, same time frame, but just a little different. It says they had a, a, um, a, a shovel in one hand and a bow in the other, building a wall and fighting the enemy. <laughs> I thought my hard work. Yeah. I don't know how you do that. 
<laughs> That's the exact same thing. They took half the people, half of your family was like, okay, you station out with the bow and you protect us and we're going to keep doing the work of the Lord. Yeah. Which I think that is serious about the day. I mean, you could take these verses about today. Now, here's the problem with, with where we are today is you can go find a verse on love and say, oh, we need love. Well, the the discussion that this person that asked me this question, mm-hmm. was talking about it, had said, and they were focusing, the, the opposing view was focusing on, do we just turn the other cheek? Yeah. Jesus was about love your brother. Yeah. And so. Oh, that's yeah. a good question. I have a thought. <laughs> yeah. I, um, we want to hear all of them. First of all, uh, the Bible talks about loving your brother or your neighbor. So that one brings a lot bigger group in. And we need some defi- I think people don't have definitions. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking to say. We need to define love, which I have a few verses I would do that with. Mm-hmm. We need to find brother because it doesn't mean just because you go to a church with them. A brother is someone you really know. Okay, you, you've lived with them, okay? And we don't necessarily live with our brothers today, but there's a deep relationship in a brotherhood. Yeah. And, and that's a commitment of relationships. Now, uh, so, so we need to define that. And then, and then let's look, okay, who would be best at defining love? Some pastor or the Lord? I would say the Lord. Yeah. Okay. And so if you read through the scriptures and, and obviously we, we won't do it. If you took the old Testament, you would find out that the Lord who defines love told his people to wipe out entire nations, including the women, the children, the babes, the animals, the goats, anything to do with that nation. So in his love, that was allowed somehow. Okay, so that one would be, so let's get away from there because that one's too ugly. (laughs) Well, in my opinion, it only gets slightly worse in the New Testament in that if you turn to, I'm going to say it's Hebrews chapter 12. It's probably chapter 10. Uh, I could turn there, but I just don't want to take the time doing it. And I, I, you know, as I share these verses, please go and prove, you know, read it. Say, no, that rascal was wrong. I'm all in for that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying I have the answer, but I'm saying uh, the Lord defines love as, and, and I'll use the language of the scriptures. This is not the way I want to define it, but as someone, a father scourging his children. Yeah. And he uses the word scourge, which sounds way harder than discipline. Yeah. Now, some translations use the word discipline. But the word in the whatever the original is, is kind of like serious. And this is called love. It's it's disciplining and it's it's bringing pain to someone. Now, love is way bigger than just that pain, obviously. And that's not what I'm focused on. But I'm just saying we have put our human definition on the word love. Mm -hmm. And we've said it means that I never disagree with anybody publicly. or I give in to anybody that asks me to do anything. That's nowhere in the Bible. Yeah. Now, 
love is this thing. It, it, it is unconditional. And, and I'm even thinking, okay, love your brother. You said that was point blank the question. And I brought out love your neighbor. So do we love our neighbor by wearing a mask? And, you know, the answer is you might. The answer is you might. But here, here's where I stand on the reality of what's going on today. Yeah. And I get asked this question quite regularly. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> what is going on? Are we, and again, become fully convinced of what you discern is going on in the, on the earth. And if you discern that the Lord is moving in compassion because there is a disease on the earth that he can't understand. And he can't comprehend it. And he, he's not sure how we should handle it. So he's saying, trust the human doctors. And even if he was saying that, and I know I'm kind of making light like the Lord would never say that. He actually could say it. I mean, there was a moment in a camp with Moses when snakes were biting and killing the people. And the Lord said, put a, put a symbol up of a serpent on a pole. And if the people look at that serpent, they'll be saved and, and healed. But it was their faith. It wasn't the serpent that healed them. It was their faith that if I obey God, I'm healed. That's what healed. Them. Yeah. And, and so he could say today, that the leadership that's telling you to wear a mask is what I want you to put your faith in and it'll heal you. Okay. Uh, but see, I don't discern that. And here's why I don't first, I spend time asking the Lord and I don't hear him saying that, but I, that's subjective. I could be wrong. Yeah. But right now, if you and I were able, if we were sitting side by side and we both took two laptops up, I promise you, Ryan, you could find a report from doctors, from licensed 30 year trained doctors that would say the best thing you could do is wear a mask. And I guarantee you at the exact same time, I could find a report and multiple, both of them, multiple reports that would say the worst thing a person could do right now is wear a mask. Yep. So one of them's lying or neither one of them have a clue as to what's going on. And, and, and so, again, that tells me there's something bigger than a virus that um, we got to figure out how to handle in our human strength. Yeah. Okay. And, and if, if human strength would fix it, we would probably have already almost defeated it. Okay. So, again, all of these signs and especially the fact that there are no facts about the virus indicate to me that there is something behind it besides the Lord trying to harm people or cause us to wear masks. Cause that's really the answer for where we are in today's earth. Masks need to be worn to show our love for one another. And, and I have tons I'd love to say about that, but I won't due to time. Mm -hmm. um, but it is clear. It is clear there's a political agenda going on. Yeah. It's clear. So that kind of brings me to a second question. Yeah. Is, um, you know, we talked about the guns. Okay. Now we've defined, we're defining and everyone needs to do this on their own. Yeah. Define your, uh, biblically define brother and love and, and all those arguments. Um, and then when, 
And and now we we've realized, okay, the Lord is doing something in all of this. No one has the answer. You can clearly see the confusion within the doctors and yeah. the reports and the yeah. opinions. Yeah. So we find uh, and we believe the Lord's doing something. So when when do you make the decision? Now the the, the Bible says I have a feeling a good question's coming. Go ahead. <laughs> obey the laws of the land. Yeah. And when do I biblically rebel against that? Because I believe the Lord's called us to do, to, to respect our leadership, to uh, pray for our leaders, you know, but those aren't, <clears throat> this isn't, you know, we're not following Moses into the desert here. Uh, and, and they don't have a, a lot of biblical stuff in mind all, all the time, hardly ever. But, when do I make that decision? When do I do what? What yeah. rule do I biblically rebel against? Here again, I'm gonna I'm gonna even mention guns again and and point it towards this answer to this question. Both of them, in my opinion, require discernment. When mm-hmm. they do, I think biblically we could look and say, okay, and and again, when you mention when do I disobey the laws? The first one that comes to my mind is in the New Testament, although uh, the second one that just came to my mind is Mordecai in the story of Esther. You know, we all and, and, you know, we all look at the story of Esther as a story about this woman that did this great thing and became king. But go back and read it. And Mordecai is this guy that understands that, oh, no, uh, there's a guy named Haman that I've been told I'm just to admire and worship. And he just says, now, it would have been very, all he had to do when Haman walked down the street, all he had to do was bow his head. Okay, Very simple. It's not persecution. Easy. I mean, he could have even like dropped his keys and just bent over to pick them up and said, I was picking up my keys just when Haman walked by. No No difficulties anymore. Real easy. But Haman says, I will not do it. I will not bow to something that he sensed was not the Lord, but it was the law of the land. The, uh, Haman had the king make a decree in order to honor Haman that all the peoples would bow and honor Haman when he walked by. And Mordecai says, I'm not going to do it. Well, Haman sees it. And so he gets so angry, he, he almost kills Mordecai. He says, you know what? I'm so angry, I'm not going to kill Mordecai. I'm going to kill the entire nation. And so he puts in order this plan. Well, Haman finds out about it. And so once again, Haman, this is incredible. Haman goes to do the most unlawful act in the land. He puts on sackcloth and ashes, and he's headed, it says, to the king's gate because he was going to see the king, I assume. Now, it doesn't say he's going to see the king. He says he's going to the king's gate. Well, you normally went there to see the king. So I'm, I am assuming that it, he wanted audience with the king, which in that day, the law said, if you come before the king without a request, you will die. You will be put to death unless he extends mercy. And that ends up being what Esther does. She goes in and he extends mercy. She asks for the banquet and she exposes Haman and everything is. But it was Mordecai taking a stand and not obeying one simple law. Just drop your keys on the ground and bow in respect to Haman. 
and he didn't do it. He took a stand. Now, th- here's the key. We have got to decide again is what's going on on the earth right now. Is it the Lord trying to bring the church into more love with lost people? Or is it an agenda of an enemy of God that's trying to control and change history and, and, and truthfully get rid of the church on the earth? And I believe I'm fully convinced it's the second. I'm fully convinced that this is about two things. All right. The first one is the Antichrist hates Christians and Christ. That's why he's called Antichrist. Now, I'm not convinced he is on the earth. He probably is. But I know the spirit of the Antichrist is running rampant right now. And the beauty of the I say the beauty because the Bible actually says he's beautiful. I don't. Um, The thing about him is he's not going to come out and say, hey, everybody, look at my shirt. It says number one Antichrist. Would y'all please join this cult that I'm starting? And we're going to all go to hell because there's not a lot of people that will join it. But he might come out and say, oh, we need love. Oh, we need compassion. Because those are things Christians believe in. Those are things our hearts are. That's what brought us into the kingdom. Was the love and compassion of the God in heaven through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we want in our human effort to give those things, but we have to discern what the spirit of the Lord is doing and saying, and therefore become convinced of our actions through that. So there's not just one answer. The one answer is discern and obey. And I think all the signs point to this is, a, this is the, uh, some of the last day's attack of the enemy on the church. So first of all, uh, the Antichrist is out to destroy Christ by destroying the church. And here's how he would do that. He would tell us we couldn't worship. And we're making the issue mask. I know that. But he would tell us we couldn't worship. He'd tell us, stay in your house. Stay in your house. This is for safety reasons. And you know what? We all tried that for a little while. And then we begin to take and think for ourselves by the spirit. And we begin to pray and we begin to read that. Wait a minute. What they're telling us is happening. There's just as many reports that it's not happening. So I have to choose which one I believe. And actually I say, no, I'm not going to believe either one of them. I'm going to ask the Lord and try to walk that out. And the fact that the reports disagree fully I don't think it's just that one side's evil and one side's bad. I think we all kind of want our agendas to come to pass. And and I I think the conservative Christian opinion would be the one I would run with. Yeah. Okay. I would. And unbiasedly I would, or biasedly I would, yeah. I guess I should say. <laughs> um so anyway, I um uh, uh coming against the church. You know, in some states, they can't meet, they can't worship, oh, to worship straight. But that is ungodly in every way. So let me give you a verse to handle that one, Acts chapter 4. I think it was Peter, and I forgot who else was with him. Uh, I could turn to it probably pretty quick. But they they got in trouble because they were, like, telling people about Jesus. And the churches broke out. Thousands were getting saved a day. The Holy Spirit has fallen. And they got um, 
put in jail and uh, notice they stood against something. There was obviously something and they got put in jail for it. And then they get let out by the Lord because they're like, we ain't got no reason to have them in jail. Uh, oh, I tell you what, let's tell them what it, that we're going to let them go. But they cannot mention this Jesus thing again. Okay, real simple. No gun to their head. No, just don't mention the Jesus thing again. So they could have decided, okay, oh, ooh, we got to be careful here. Um, we'll only mention Jesus in secret private meetings with people that we know. Okay, but here's what they say. Acts chapter 4, verse 28. They pray this prayer. Um, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all uh, confidence. Two verses later, they use the word boldness. Okay, and they right on continue sharing the gospel. They actually go to jail a second time for it. Okay, and this time while they're in jail, they don't oh, we better be quiet because we're going to go to jail, which is part of our answer, okay? And, and let's get, don't let me forget to go back to the jail part. Um, and, and they're worshiping in jail and angels show up, shake the whole place, unlock every door. Really bad people get out of jail because the angel unlocks doors. And the guy who's overwatching the jail Peter walked, and, and I forgot who was with him, but they walk out, and they say he's fixing to take his own life because he's like, they're going to kill me in the morning because everybody got loose on my watch. And Peter says, no, 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 don't do this. Uh, and, and he gets saved. And so, again, uh, yes, we're supposed to, not supposed to, there are, there's a time where we will disobey the laws of the land. And it's any time it comes against our faith, and comes against our worship. I mean, those are the practical things. So in my opinion right now, churches, if you are not meeting, you are missing it. Yeah. Okay. You need to be gathering in, in buildings, in homes, in yards, pastures, parks, I don't care where, because our, well, and, and Jesus is going to use it even if we allow him to cause us to only live through Zoom, which I'm not, okay? (laughs) The gospel, our our faith is lived by what we overcome. That's where I wanted to go with the whole guns thing and the whole laws thing. So I believe right now the number, top 10 word on on the Lord's heart is overcoming. And that he is saying to especially men, but to everyone in the church, especially, Especially leaders of churches be an overcomer. Mm-hmm. All right, we know that the Bible talks about end times and difficulties and all these things. And while I'm talking to you, I'm looking over here because I'm turning to a Bible verse I want to read mm-hmm. that I think is significant for this day and hour and moment and what I'm discerning. And, and I'm sure others will may discern something different. And, and, um, but it's, it's, it's concerning the end times, Revelations chapter 12, which we're clearly in those end times. Things of Matthew 24 beginning happen, 2 Thessalonians 2 is happening right now on the earth, a deluding spirit. Revelations chapter 12, verse 11 says this, 
and they overcame him. He's talking about the Antichrist and the accuser and Satan by three things. Uh, because of the blood of the lamb, and that, that speaks to we realize that we couldn't make ourselves righteous, so we received the righteousness of the blood of the lamb, and it cleansed us. So now I'm able to stand before God. So by that, and by the word of my testimony, meaning I'm speaking what God has done and is doing in my life. I'm sharing that. But the third thing is the one the Lord's highlighting right now, I think, to the church. And he says, and they did not love their life even unto death. To me, to be an overcomer, we have to decide I'm willing to die for my faith. I'm willing to die for what I'm fully convinced of. Now, that's way further. And this is talk way too heavy to talk about, we think. But you know what? The Lord is putting this talk right in front of us. We have got to have it. We as sons and daughters of the king have got to say, when do I disobey laws and it, yeah. and it not be a sin for me? When do I submit? And those are going to be discerning moments. So there's just not a cut and dry answer. Right. But we have to look and, and say, Lord, Second um, Kings chapter six, Elisha prays for his servant's eyes. It's 2020. It's the year of vision, 2020 vision. Open our eyes to see what the enemy's doing and what the Lord's doing as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that will be the reason the body of Christ in this day begins to say, we will not bow to these silly laws, not because we're Americans, but because we're believers. We're going to meet and we're going to worship and we're going to share the gospel and we are going to not give in to the fear of the enemy trying to put us in our house not to do the work of the Lord, even if it means I have to carry a weapon in one hand and a tool in the other. Yeah. All right, that's that Nehemiah story. Mm -hmm. So overcoming, we got to get there. And, and, and I'll be honest, I'll tell you what's done it for me, Ryan. And, and I say this truthfully. So I have three grandchildren. I have a fourth grandchild on the way. And uh, so one, the youngest one's about a year and a half. And then this new one is, will be born here in about six or seven months. And um, I am willing to die. I have made a declaration to my family for that young man and those young children to be able to walk in the freedom of a relationship with Jesus Christ and to say no to what I believe is a political um, antichrist spirit trying to shut down the church. I never told you all the second thing he's doing. Really? Well, the second thing that the antichrist has to do outside of the ultimate agenda to get rid of Christ on the earth is he has to get rid of America because we're the nation that has stood with Israel, God's own people. And so, yeah, that really plays into what's going on right now. It really does. And obviously, Donald Trump is one billion percent tied to America and Israel. He did for Israel what no president ha ever had the courage to do. And, and he's, you know, I, I don't care about his flaws. And, and you think, oh, oh, Lord, I can't believe he said that. 
I don't. Uh, I don't know if he's Cyrus. All I know is he's Donald Trump, and the Lord wants to use him to bless the nation Israel and to bless America that we might bless the nation Israel. So the Antichrist knows right now that if he can get rid of America and the freedom and the government, a republic, not a democracy, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. If he can get rid of that, then he can take the world and we can, he can move on with his agenda to get rid of Christ on the earth. He'll never win. We know that, but he does have great success. He does have great power in those days. The Bible tells us so. Yeah. We got to decide if we're willing to die for this. And no, it's not about a mask, Uh, a mask. Yeah, not that it is about me as a Christian discerning that right now, this isn't a government that I just need to submit to. It's not that. Yeah, because. You know, go look at the box that the mask you bought came in. It says on it, this will in no way protect against the virus. Yeah but we're mandated to wear it again. Is that, you know, it don't make sense. It, 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 it makes no sense. And it's not about mask. It's not yeah. about mask. It's about Christians taking a stand. Go read second Thessalonians chapter two, about verse 18, where after he mentions lawlessness and this and deception and deluding spirit, he tells Christians what to do. We've already talked about this and it's stand up. Yeah. Take a stand. Take a stand. Your yeah. thoughts. I, I you know, it's it's definitely that balance. It's it's defining what matters um when we read the scripture, how how we're laying stuff out. You know, obviously if you're looking for scripture to debate or argue someone, it's yeah, gonna be the same thing about the mask. You're just gonna go back and forth. Yep. But if you're really searching out answers um, and defining brother, defining love, you know, I just think of so many passages where it just talks about how they'll hate us because we'll stand and yet they'll know us because our love for one another. So you're loving your brother and you're fighting for something yeah. and that's how they'll know. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's hard. It is hard and it's hard. It's it. Because I don't think he's called us to love the whole world. No, he hasn't. And and that's where God we, could do that, but we, we couldn't even do it. Yeah. We can barely love ourselves. We're working on love, We're just loving us enough to, to respond to him. Yeah. But uh, it, it is, it, it's getting to that point that's forcing some of us that aren't natural uh, confrontation people. Yeah. To, to confront some of these issues and have an, and, and really have a strong enough opinion yeah. uh, or belief system that causes us to rise up. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm being challenged with that. Um, yeah. And so, and then you sit, you know, you're driving home and you go, okay, well, why, why believe that? You know, why, why do I? Yeah. And so. Um, Great questions to have. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're awesome to have. And uh, it's, it's doing a lot in this time, but I like what you're saying about lifting lifting our vision higher uh, and there's a bigger picture of what the Lord's going doing. I mean, even like you were talking about the serpent on the pole, there was something bigger going on that they didn't even realize, but soon they'd be looking to Jesus to yeah. heal their, their yes. sickness. Yes. Um, and so there's a bigger picture going on that we don't see obviously, but yeah. uh, in this moment, 
man, it's good. I feel it's like a Daniel moment where we have the opportunity, even in, I mean, he's in leadership uh, in that nation and they make a decree specifically yeah. against him. Yeah. No, and he uh, goes and kneels down and prays. He's not going to, yeah. He's not going to compromise on these issues with the Lord. Yeah. And again, look at what he was asked, just like in Mordecai's day. That's my point. We all think, well, if the government told me I had to bow down and worship, <clears throat> we wouldn't do it. But you know what? We might be. Mm -hmm. You know, just to follow. I'll say it like this. Here's the question that the way someone put it to me. Well, how is wearing a mask any different? than wearing a seatbelt in your car. That's the way it was put to me. And boy, when they asked it, I said, you know what? That is probably awesome the way you just said that. Thank you. I really, I, I, rece I, want, to, I want to become fully convinced of why I believe what I believe in. So that helps. Yeah. So I thought about it and I, I began to look and I think, you know what? Okay, we have true statistics that prove a seatbelt in the car, wearing it, saves lives. Okay, so so they made that a law, and and we submitted to it. Um, my first thought about mask is first it hasn't been made a law; it is a mandate, and that is there. Those are different, mm -hmm. uh, but yet statistics there is no data whatsoever that has any indication that by wearing the mask that we're wearing, especially cloth ones, especially the paper ones that we're buying by the billions, they, they tell us they do nothing but possibly cause harm to our own health. Okay. But yet because an agenda is on the earth to control and shut down a country, and, and they're smart. You know, I would do the same thing if I was leading the group. I would say, look, this is how you show love, brother. Come on, brother. Now, I don't know that guy, brother. Why is he calling me brother? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so, again, the data, if, if, and so I did it. I haven't read a report. You know, Dara came, the, you know, what about the car seats or the mask? Yeah. The death rate is decreasing. Yeah. Fewer people are getting the virus and dying. Now, what are they telling us every day? Oh, today, the greatest spike ever in cases, the greatest spikes tomorrow. I promise you tomorrow is going to be even a greater spike. And then they overlook the report that two or three places in Florida where the greatest spike has happened, happened to just say that everybody they see has the virus, even if they didn't test them. No matter what, and then, you know, again, the, these, and, and these are written things. It doesn't take hard for us to find them. It's just if you don't look, you won't find them. Yeah. To be labeled as having the case, according to the Center for Disease Control's rules, you have to have just had one symptom out of 12, and it could be just a cough. And so if you come into my office and I'm a doctor and you have a cough, I can rightfully say you have the virus and, oh, the spike went up today. 
But the only thing that matters is how contagious is it and who's dying from it. Both of those are decreasing. Yeah. Statistically, percentage wise. And and now they're we're shutting down countries again where we're, you know, we're and, and it's so it's just pure height. And and you know what is true? We are fearful. No one wants to get sick. No one wants the world to get sick. No Christian, no unbeliever. Yeah. But there, this is obviously clearly a political agenda mm-hmm. uh, derived, and I'm not saying it's derived by Democrats, it's derived by the Antichrist spirit alive on the earth. And, yeah. and, and we, the church, need to decide, are we willing to die to see the Christ spirit overcome? And it may be over something as simple or foolish sounding as we won't wear a mask. Now, I'll be honest, what I'm praying about, Ryan, is I'm having to decide, okay, what action can I take? Uh, yeah. and, and wearing a mask, is, I'm not, I don't want no protesting, but you know what? I may have to go and speak to leaders. Yeah. Uh, we, the church, have got to say we are going to meet even if you kill us. Mm-hmm. that's where we need to get. I think that's what the Lord is wanting to do in the church is cause us to believe in something again. Yeah. Who's going to stand up? Yeah. And, and most churches are bowing to a spirit of fear rather than an overcoming spirit under the unction of the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They sound sweet. It's the same reason you would join a black lives matter group is because you just want to fit in. You just want to sound like you love people, but we have defined love totally humanistically mm-hmm. by our standards. And it is not the standard of the scriptures. And there's, there's corporations and companies out there already that have bad to the, the black lives matter group and what they stand for so much that they said, if, if you're going to work for us, or you're going to do business with us. Yeah. You have to stand for everything they stand for. Yeah. And so I've stopped doing business with them. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, just I, saw, a cool. I saw a uh, television, you know, an advertisement with a c- commercial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, it, it, you know, I think it, I want to say so I, I probably shouldn't say because I'm not exactly sure, but it was a major store that everybody loves, you know, and they just came out and said, hey, it, it's all about Black Lives Matter. We support them fully. And you know what? I'm fine if they support them. I'm just not going to support that business. I don't care. You know, Dara and I right now, I'm driving 30 minutes to go buy things because the local businesses that are two minutes or well, they're probably more like eight minutes from my house are supporting something I don't support. Yeah. And you know what? I have very little money to make an influence, but when I stand before the Lord, <laughs> that dollar means a lot. I'm not going to ask Dennis, did you, did you take a billion dollars and change the earth? No, he's not going to say, Dennis, the two or three dollars I gave you, did you spend it according to the will of the Lord? Yeah. And I hope I'm able to say to the best of my knowledge, yes, Lord. You know, and, and I'm just going to even call out a terrible one. And I probably shouldn't do this. So hopefully they'll delete this part out of the video, you know, and, and, and my wife uh, is not, uh, you know, again, uh, I'm not ordering from Amazon. Yeah. I'm just not. 
I'll drive three hours and get what I need for. I'll do it. You know why? Because the Antichrist is trying to convince me that my convenience is more necessary in my life than my values. Yeah. I mean, that's the issue on the earth right now. Are you willing to sell your soul, your values for convenience? Yeah. That one's hard. I should have yeah. never said that. Let's talk no, to the editor true. and have him edit that part out. Why don't we do that? <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. It's hitting us, Ryan. I'm telling you, you know what's awesome is we're fixing to have to either be Christians or not. I mean, really, and it's going to cost us. Oh, it's going to cost us. We may get to do jail time. Oh, isn't that going to be awesome? We're going to be yeah. sitting in jail, worshiping, and all of a sudden the place may just start shaking. Or you know what? Maybe none of that happens and we die there. Yeah. But they're going to write down in the book, my kids are going to write down, that rascal died believing, so now I'm going to die believing. Yeah, I and think, that, yeah. I want to I, I want to say this last. I remembered it. Men, I'm looking directly at you, husbands, wives, even. Your children will never have the courage to stand if they never see you do it. They won't. Sure. They need to see a mom, see a dad, not be rebellious, but stand for the faith and the traditions and hold firm and let it cost you lots of time and money to do so. Let it make your life just uncomfortable because you believe in what you believe in. There you go. That's good. So, so fathers, you looking for family time? Now it's, all right, we're fitting to talk about why we have guns, children. And, and safety of guns, and, and we're doing that in our homes. But we're saying we have guns because in the scriptures, there's the indication, there's the precedence for it, and I'm going to protect you even if it, I lose my life. That's going to cause that son or daughter to say, oh, I want to be in this family. Daddy wants to protect me. Yeah. Versus, well, I hope they don't find us or come get us. And uh, Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Those are hard subjects. They're hard. Oh. And I say I'm easy, but I'm trying to pursue. And, you know, I always said I want my kids to say on my tombstone, um, he died believing it. He didn't quit. He died believing. Yeah. I want it. So I'm trying to live believing it. I really am. That's good. And it's, it's, it's exactly how we started. This was just asking the hard, the hard question of, yeah. um, you know, what, what does it mean and how are we, uh, when we're, when we're challenged with it, how are we going to respond? And, um, yeah, it, it's so good. It's, it's what's happening. So, well, I'm sure we'll get more, more of these, but, um, yeah, that was really it, is, good. it is the grace of a loving father in heaven, ruler of the earth that would lovingly and in an easy way first, ask us these hard questions. I mean, it's like the job of a father is to ask hard questions to his family. Yeah. It is one of our jobs because we don't want them to be unprepared or unable to respond well if something difficult really were to happen, something worse than a mask. Yeah. 
you know, because if we take the mask, I promise a worse one's coming. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I really think Paul, he, he gained a lot of his confidence through that, which he suffered Yeah, because he mentioned it, you know, I've come to you. You think this is easy. You know, I've, you see all these stripes, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, those living the faith wasn't just something that was, he talked about all the time, but no. he had, he had physical scars to show that he believed, you yeah. know, and I, I've seen even a certain pastor down in Florida who uh, resisted, was arrested and is yeah. full of confidence right now. With, yeah. what no, I've, I've watched some of it as well. And I just thought, I don't know this brother, and, and I do believe he's a brother. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank yeah. you for the courage. that And, and, and again, uh, it's when humans see people being willing to die and stand for believing something that lost people want to join it. But when lost people see the church going, I don't know, should we wear a mask? Should we not? They're like, well, why would we go get help from them? They have no idea. Or if they see the body of Christ saying, okay, let's shut down our church because we don't want nobody to get sick. The doggone church is where you go to get healed. Yeah. And we're shutting them down so people won't get sick. No. Oh, so <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, I say that in humility. I don't say this as someone trying to be boastful or or like I have the answers. I'm getting with a group of men and and I'll say this to everyone. You're doing a great job asking the questions. Get with a group of men that you have seen for a long season of time and you've seen how they walk in character with the Lord and pray with these, this, these other families and decide this group is going to believe this because I could miss it. Dennis Aldi by himself, miss it probably at least half the time, if not more. Mm. But that's why I'm surrounding myself with the body of Christ. And I'm asking the hard question to hear the input of the Holy Spirit through other believers. And then I'm sharing what I think, and we're wrestling and wrestling to find and discern the Lord in this season. And, and, and I've shared, we, we feel that the Lord is saying, we have to stand. We have to stand. We cannot mm-hmm. bow in this moment. Our grandchildren's future depends on. It. Yeah. Powerful. Well, it's good until next time. Uh, yeah, don't forget uh, if questions or or comments or just want to touch base with us. Email uh, info at turninghearts.com. dot com. Yep. Info All right. Turninghearts.com. Uh, would love to hear from you and and totally understand that a lot of people have different differing opinions and and all of that. Uh, embrace it. I do appreciate it because it helps me to search harder. Really do. Amen. All right. Bless you all. Yep. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Turning Hearts podcast.